0: Out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Hello and welcome. This is The C86 Show. I'm David Eastall. As you know, we'd have a special guest. This week, it's going to be the turn of the Australian band, The Lime Spiders, because I recently spoke to Mick Blood, the main man behind the band, singer, songwriter, vocalist, and also has got a new book out which is titled Lime Light, um, the definitive story of the Lime Spiders. So this is the interview that we did a few weeks ago. Um, The book is available so if you go to their Facebook page, The Lime Spiders, you'll find out how you can get a copy. But um, after several minutes of casual chat, we got down to that very exciting subject was um, me talking about um, this moment in our lives where there seems to be a lot of books being written and published by people from the eighties, and um, I mentioned this, and this was Mick's response. Mick, it's over to you.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I've been too busy writing mine to notice. Um, I mean, I'm not much of a. Re- the ironic thing is, I'm not much of a reader myself, so um, I, that's one of the reasons I haven't noticed that. But. Um, that wasn't the impetus for this. I mean I started writing this, um, you know, five or six years ago actually. I started writing this back in um two thousand two thousand and fifteen I started writing it. Um and it just grew leaked from there. Like um I, you know, went through phases of disillusionment I guess and just just frustration of just the actual whole writing process was very um It's all new to me. I've never written a book before, um, and I can assure you, it's much harder writing a book than uh, a three-minute pop song.
0: (laughs) Is it right? Yes. So, what was? I mean,
1: I mean, really, I mean, I mean, the English language is (laughs) a bastard, really. You know, who the hell invented the English language? For God's sake, (laughs) Um, you know, like, uh, I mean, when it comes to the attention to detail with, like, there's so many different ways of saying every, any, any sentence, like any, there's so many different ways of saying things. Yeah. And when you're writing something that, um, that's important, you know, that's so important and, um, you want it to stand the test of time and you want it to be as, obviously you want it to be as readable as possible. Um, You know, there's a lot of, um, it's quite exhausting. I found two hours, it was about my limit when it came to you know getting down to it and um, yes. really focusing on concentrating on you know just this, it, like every sentence. You know, there were so many different ways of of writing things and just trying to be as succinct as possible and um, and you know like um, just combining all the content, etc. You know, it was a, quite a challenge.
0: I would imagine. Did you go through it? kind of chronologically from sort of the, your sort of the, the, so you, you, and you kind of, that was the way you approached it. You sat down and thought, right, this is it, my childhood. Yeah,
1: well, see, when I first started, I just had, um, all these random anecdotes and I thought, well, that's not going to work, you know, like, and I thought, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? And the only way, the only way to do it was chronologically, um, because I started the band in 79 and, um, only I know the uh, the real story, you know, the, yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, I mean and and on that subject, um, that was part of the impetus of me wanting to, you know, make the effort to write a book because I got really annoyed with um annoyed one word of <laughs> of just when you do a Google search of the band's name the Lime Spiders, you come up with all sorts of rubbish, you know, which is just Wikipedia and different people's misinformation and wrong information, you know, wrong information and all these sorts of, you know, stuff that was just rubbish, really, you know. And I just thought I, I needed to at least put the record straight.
0: <laughs> yes, this is true. Even,
1: even for posterity, even for, like, you know, just for music history. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and did you? I mean, when you when you were sort of working through it, and obviously having to sort of put your put the notes or writing it, and then going back and rewriting it, did it become a much more um, heavy or much more sort of a, a deeper process for you? You know, having to sort of then sort of after your sort of two hours, then sort of coming back, you know pondering it, thinking about it, and then coming back the next day and then sort of either adding to it or then going back and slightly changing bits?
1: Uh, no, well, well. Um, after I'd have a writing session, I'd quite often, I'd sort of designate a writing day where I did have two sessions, I'd have one in the afternoon as well, you know, so then I'd have, um, so I'd have a, a good, decent break in between where I wasn't thinking about the book, where I just completely, um, you know, took my mind off it and came back fresh and then interestingly enough um after a couple of years of it um i eventually found the best time for me to write was um really early in the morning like if i quite often i've I've interrupted sleep um and so i quite often would wake several times during the night and then by about four o'clock thereabouts would be wide awake and and I'd, I'd I'd write down in the you know in the still of the night before the before the distractions of the day got in the way before life got in the way of because it's easy to yeah you got to be really disciplined about actually finishing the body book you <laughs> know like um and yeah life distractions can really get in the way of um of of things you know like in moving house was a big one and things like that you know like along the way. So, you know, like I eventually got there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that early morning session I found was really good. I'd do it before I even had a – I often do it before I even had a coffee or anything. i just do it straight away as soon as I woke up and before I even had a shower or anything when my mind was really fresh. Yes. And, um, I mean, I used a little system with my phone where I just um, – uh, I mean such a long history with a band so many um so many stories that um i just as as i was, as i thought of an anecdote as it, you know as i thought of a um a good a good subject i'd i just write a little note of in my in my little phone system and come back to it and um so i wouldn't forget it completely But, you know that was that was pretty important i thought you know just to sort of keep track of um of, of, of the subject matter, you know, because there was so much to choose from. You know? Yes, luckily, did you find that, that, that was a, that was a good that, that was a good part about it? There was um, no shortage of material, you know. Like over have such a long, colourful career, there was <laughs> no shortage of good stories. and never far away from the laugh, you know.
0: Yes, and did you find a kind of a voice to write with? You know, did you? Because sometimes, you know, with people, they talk about sort of finding this voice, you know, a sort of like. Because otherwise, you know, I've, I've read a few sort of bi- biographies, you know, on the music front. I suppose it's like this one. Oh, there was another story when, you know, like this kind of example of like someone who was a drummer with David Bowie in the 60s. Oh, there's another story. There was a time when me and David were blah, blah, blah. And it sort of, it kind of feels a little bit like the person hasn't really sort of got that right as, you know, it doesn't, it feels. Ah, oh,
1: man, it, it, it's, it's, it's not a name dropping charter It's. Uh... I mean, the, the beauty of it is it's, it's all about, I mean, I, because I started the band, only, and, I mean, nobody knows the band more than myself, you know, so um, it's gospel and it's, it's, it's the truth is strange than the fiction, you know, and I didn't need to pad it out with name-dropping and, I mean, certainly there's plenty of um, anecdotes in there which, you know, mention famous people with, were involved in the story along the way, people like Egan Pop and Joe Ramone and so on, and, but um, you know, I, 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 I guess my whole the bottom line for me was to keep it as positive as possible. as a, I didn't want it to be a crusade, sex, drugs, and rock and roll sort of story. You know, like um, because we're very unique. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a great story. I mean, it really is um, a, a sort of bit of a heartwarming story of a band that had a lot of international success from humble beginnings, you know, from very humble beginnings, and um, I certainly had good memories of all that, and that's how I start the uh, book, you know, like, um, with those, the first couple of chapters of how how music was a big part of my life as a kid, was it, yeah, that's uh, the first chapter, and how um, I eventually, you know, became part of the thriving Sydney music scene at the time, and was lucky to be in the right place at the right time with a really you know just a hotbed of um creativity and great music all around me and I just want to be a part of it and um so I guess I built the story up like that with um just those first couple of chapters as an intro to how i how I started and um why I was so passionate about doing it, you know? Yes. And here I am 43 years later still doing it.
0: I know, know? <laughs> and you had a, a sort of an album out quite recently, actually. Yeah, well, it was kind of with, you know, you probably realise that in the England we had Britain, we had, you know, John Peel on the NME, and it was John Peel who sort of introduced a lot of people to the lime spiders when he played out of control which had we'd had an amazing B side of save my soul as well which was kind of i suppose yeah. the, the mid 80s was when suddenly you you certainly found a good amazing sound by then didn't you so um yes it was it was quite the story it was
1: 80, 85 that was released and um, beyond that down the track there was I'm not sure if you know but there was a there's a um Adelaide Hip hop band called the Hilltop Hoods, who had a big hit with a with a song called um, oh, something sweater, um, and they actually sampled that that um, that Wimple Inch, um or the the original version's bass riff to start the song, and and it's um big part of of that song. Yes. Um, and a lot of people, and it was quite a big song in the hip hop circuit and um a lot of people over the years have thought it was um I thought they'd us off <laughs> that they'd um but I'd explained to people that that, that we covered it and they've actually sampled the original like um you know um just to put the record straight because yeah, that was a lot of peoples you know uh, um because the song was pretty the original was pretty obscure unless you 're english because i don 't think Winch, i don 't think wimper Winch were unknown in England, I think they were quite a big band yes yeah. Um, yeah and they did you, had a they had a great sound
0: yeah, and did you as you, as you were sort of working through you know your life story and especially the band obviously the two things are linked so much, were there aspects that you or times were you slightly thinking oh, i 'm going to that's going to be a bit of a tricky, that's a tricky time. And, you know, you were sort of knowing it was coming because obviously working through the years and decades. I just wondered how you cope with those kind of ones.
1: Uh, Well, as much as possible, I separated my private life from the band career because I wanted to um, keep the whole story about the success of the band and um, focus on that um but obviously um there was times where it was unavoidable to unavoidable to mention um some significant um things in my life that um certainly you know, impacted on on my um you know, on my ability to do anything <laughs> but on my you know, i I'm just impacted on my life and you know, obviously it affected my- you know, my desire to play etc and I've just mentioned a few of those things along the way, but in general, I kind of avoided that because it wasn't because the story's not about me; it's about the band. Yes. And as you know, I had I had to have that separation. I thought, um, I think some biographies get or some some band stories get a bit indulgent about. I mean, I think you know, for instance, Anthony Kiedis. Um, he's his book Scar got issue about the peppers. I mean, I just thought that was actually pretty indulgent. I mean, a lot of a lot of me me me, and um, not enough about the. Um, for my liking, not enough about the, how the band evolved and so on. You
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. Did you? I mean, when you do, when you were doing the book and then sort of finishing it, did you sort of did it feel even more the an amazing experience and time than you had imagined before writing the book. Because sometimes reflecting back, because sometimes <laughs> that thing of like we have a, we have a moment. Then you know, life, you know, the next thing happens. The next thing. We don't have much time sometimes to reflect until a little bit later on in life, and then you sort of look at bits and then rethink about them and reanalyze them. Did you yeah, sort I of feel that, even a, a bit a, a lot warmer towards the the band than you? than you had sort of thought you had
1: well it's it's a good question because really um there was quite a bit of research there's a bit of research involved as well with certain details and yeah for instance the uh itinerary the american tour a two month tour we did in the states in um in 90, 98 um and um oh sorry 97 <laughs> um but um, so I find I know more about the band now than I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered things. I discovered things about the band that I never knew. about that I, sorry, even though I formed the band and it's been my band all these years, I actually learnt a bit a bit about the band myself <laughs> along the journey.
0: Yes, and that, I suppose it, that... which
1: was fun, which was interesting. You know, like um, you know there was. Um a lot of the home truths which I knew knew about, but there was other things that i that I wasn't aware of but, um which come- you know and even some of the art, some of the twenty four page color insert for the um in the book, and there were some images in that that I'd never seen before when I was sort of researching doing google searches and stuff I found a couple of things that um made it to the book which um I thought were good enough to use you know so um that
0: was also interesting, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, I know quite a few people who have sort of, when they've started doing that um, you know, process, have, have sort of sometimes reached out and sort of found things. Or so someone said, oh, I've got a photograph you might be interested in, and they've never seen it and thought, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. And you know. And, and memories are kind of a funny thing because sometimes I can remember the picture of, of a time that happened decades ago. But if, if I was to be really honest, I can't really remember actually... That moment, but I think, well, I've got a photograph. Thank God, there's a photograph because otherwise, I would have had no idea. But obviously, someone clicked, and then you think, okay, that, that was definitely me, and that must have been that time. But <clears throat> it adds another part of your story. Yeah, well,
1: that's why the um I mean, the um the insert of images and photos and things are um it's also chronological, you know. So it's um it also it's like a pictorial of the band's history as well, you know. Yes. And when you and when you sort of would start it, I think really, I think it really adds. I think it really adds to the story having having all those images as well. You know, really well put together by my graphics guy that put the whole, you know, all the artwork and, and graphics and typesetting etc. for the book. He did it all. You know. Yes. And he was he he did a fantastic job because i felt published You know, so the whole thing was. <laughs> a very steep learning curve for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, did you have a... Did you sort of have to sort of do a self-publishing sort of gig for this? And you obviously had... Yeah, wasn't. I
1: self-published it because, you know, I looked at the option of... Um, I, I applied for one of, the more, one of the major publishers, Eleanor and number one and never heard back from it. and then I established that um, I went to a sort of... Some sort of discussion or talk or something, and learnt more about the whole thing and and realize that um with major publishers when you approach them with your synopsis um they you don't even get you don't even get a reply the only reply if they want it, it you, otherwise if you haven't heard from them within a month or so it just means you haven't. they don't want it but they, they don't actually tell you they don't want it so you like in this period of limbo and I thought that didn't, that didn't appeal to me at all and I also didn't want to be at the mercy of their editors because yes. um, I mean my wording was, it was I wanted it to be you know, the flavour of my of my words and um, my sense of humour etc and um you know that's important um, for the flavour of the book, and um, so I, I, I did have editors involved, there's some good editors involved, and um, did a lot of um, did a lot of um, you know, editing as, as I went with every every word, almost. And, um, but having said that, there were still a few things that slipped through the net. You know, I'm probably the only one that noticed, but there's a few little grammar issues and um a couple of misspellings i mean the the, the classic clangor if you laugh at this one which <laughs> which branson gets a mention at one point for our in, involvement with virgin yeah when we got signed to virgin and i met him on a harbor cruise in sydney and so he gets mentioned in italics and his surname is spelt wrong <laughs> <laughs> That's a real, that's a real shocker. That one. <laughs> like, so that's been and that fits with the net of all the editing and so on. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. You got you got to laugh. You got to laugh though. Know. Y- I mean, he probably deserves
0: that reckon. <laughs> but it's always interesting because you spend all that time working on something and you finish it, and then the first thing you'd, you you then open it one day and the first word you look at is all like, the first sentence. Oh no! But you you've been skimming the page. You've probably been skimming those pages for for years now, haven't you? And you probably were just getting excited to get to oh, the yeah. end and then hit submit. And there was there was there was, was yeah you know, like
1: there was editing and proofreading all the way to the bank and then it reached a point where I mean every time every time I went back to it, I'd be making changes and, you know, like trying to improve things and and it just got reached the point where I thought, Well, I just gotta let go of this and um for what it is and you know like otherwise it's never otherwise i'm never going to finish it you know
0: yes and the great thing is
1: being being a being a a perfectionist doesn't help let me assure you
0: (laughs) well also the great thing is it's it's a sort of form of archiving because obviously you've got the story and the narrative but also you've got all these amazing images and posters and and pictures which would have yeah which would have kind of just disappeared in you know Ten years time, so it's. I always think these well, projects yes,
1: I, I like. I, like, I like to think. I like to think it's. Um, it's actually pretty important. in The animals of, on the annals of, Australian music history. You know, it's. It, it'll hold a place in Australian music history as a definitive story, which is, what well, it is, a definitive story because I've read it.
0: Yes, <laughs> It's absolutely. not
1: some sort of hearsay and, not ghost written and that sort of thing. You know, and like there's a lot of things that are ghost written. Um little rock stars out there that have you know got their ghostwriters that did you know do it for them and um but I, I you know that that never appealed to me at all Yes. because you know, some my story's a very personal one and um sort of in you know my character is you know um, my you know um my my sense of um I oh, know, spirit and so on is uh, all through the book, and you can't, you know, like an, a ghostwriter couldn't possibly emulate that, you know, like um, get those, you know, my words onto the paper, you know.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Did you sort of feel that sometimes with the band you never got the kind of credit you deserved that some of the other bands around that time did?
1: Uh, yes and no. I mean, um, I think we certainly had songs that should have been commercial hits. I mean, songs like the other side of you and Jessica and some of the more sort of ballady or, you know, melodic, um, you know, very, you know, radio friendly songs that should have probably been hits. And then would have been a much bigger band because that's the way it works in Australia. You know, it's it's a pretty limited market and um, unless you're Jimmy Barnes and you know, Cold Chiefs and people like that, you don't um, get recognised. I mean, we were still regarded as an independent act, but I mean, we were signed to a major label and, um, you know, people, people sort of, there's a lot of things that people didn't know about the band and we were still regarded as a, like a bit of an indie punk band and that was another part of the, another big part of the reason I wrote the book because I want to, People to know that we were more, a lot more than that. That we had a lot of success with a, a major label and um, toured overseas and got a lot of respect internationally, etc. Because a lot of people just didn't know, don't know that. You know, a lot of people just um, have this sort of, um, I just the wrong impression of us being some sort of, you know punk band and no and, and slave girl and it's about it sort of thing you know yes like um which is pretty really frustrating but now i've got a lot of frustration now because i've written a book <laughs> and, 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 and you know the, the the rest is history or well that is the history people can't you know, i'm not going to be cons- not going to be too worried about those sort of um those sort of impressions in the future because now i put Put it all out there, you know, so people who are interested can actually read it and and um, know a lot more about the band, you know. Yeah,
0: because there's one thing, because because having you know having a career like this, which is never the easiest one, probably the hardest one of the hardest ones. I mean, there's a lot of hard careers, but music can be quite ruthless, can't it? And you know, with time and reflection, when you look at you know the the story of the band, do you sort of see certain periods where you suddenly like a lot of us, me included, kind of go, oh yeah, that, that at that stage, there was a couple of decisions, and there would have been that would have been the better decision. But, I mean, you made the best decision at the time that you could, but you know, but but you you develop a certain amount of wisdom. Well, I just wondered if 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 you were well,
1: would... well <laughs> hindsight's you know fantastic with everything, isn't it? Like, yes. You know? it,
0: well, the yeah, absolutely. About, you know? but I just wondered if you were thinking, I mean, yeah. Oh, yes. Well,
1: in in, in hindsight, like, um, we had some shocking management um, in in our heyday. Um, So I I didn't know, I wasn't confident enough about the, I didn't know enough about the industry back then to be confident enough to consider managing the band and... um, I eventually took over the managing the band in '97, but that was way down the track. I mean, by that stage, a lot of damage had been done by these idiots that were managing the band. You know, like, um, and just misrepresented this, and um, you know, um, that's probably the biggest regret I had. But I, you know, um, I, I battled on and um, took over the management myself, and um, you know, it's sort of. I guess it's sort of um indicative of my powers of persistence and <laughs> you know, perseverance and all that. Yes. Because a lot of yeah, you know, a lot of people would have given up completely. But I knew we had a lot, lot more to offer and um you know, um eventually with we were pretty at our sixth album, um, only, you know, during COVID unfortunately, so we couldn't tour but that was our sixth album and that's the thing. I mean, it's six albums Including a really um, good quality live album, um, and so we weren't just an indie band that put out a couple of singles, kind of thing, you know.
0: Yes, I mean, when with with your last album, which came out, it was two years ago, wasn't it, in lockdown? I mean, we, had you sort of got yourself a new lineup at that stage? Was this, or was this kind of the one that had, was a sort of a previous? Because I have no idea who who's in the band well, at
1: this. St- this was a compilation there's actually a, um one of the chapters one of the later chapters in the book is dedicated to lsd the, that's the title of the album long spot of delirium lsd um and um it's it was actually it's actually a compilation of a lot of unreleased previously unreleased tracks that i had that i had hanging around for a long time just um demos um and tracks that, that hadn't made it to albums, and so on. I had about I had over twenty tracks to choose from. We narrowed it down to ten for the vinyl and fourteen for the digital version on Bandcamp. And um, um, so, luckily, a we had a lot a lot of good stuff to choose from. There was good tracks that didn't make the cut, um, and it was great to finally get the map down. I did it with a good friend of mine who. Got a really high-end home studio. I'm not. I'm not talking pro tools and laptop. He's got like amazing gear that he sourced from um, all over the world, like um, reverb amps and things that um, that were uh, used in famous albums and things. Yes. Like Like um, he did a Wayne did a fantastic job with it. Um, you know, because there was a big um, there was a big disparity with between the quality of the of 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 the um, masters. I mean, we had all you know everything from pretty low fire demos to some high-end, top-quality recordings, which had been which didn't make the last didn't make Beethoven's fist that were mixed in America um, by Michael Brower for that album. And there was two the two tracks that made this made LSD. Um, with the first two tracks on each side, which um, were criminally, criminally left off that album. And, um, you know, that was that were two, exam- two, ex- two classic examples of songs that um, had never previously been released, which really needed to f- suit a lot of day, you know?
0: Yes. My God, that's fantastic. No, no, nothing like a good bit of um, archiving and sort of filing, is it? I mean, do you, do you sort of, know that you've got the, the book and you still... I mean- with-
1: when I say when I say disparity, I mean it ranged from like little dat tape good old dat tapes to um, you know, high end stuff, you know, like um so Rain did a great job of so the the album doesn't sound patchy, he did a great job of getting it getting a, a, good, a good overall um sound in the mix. Um well it doesn't it doesn't sound like I mean, he managed to with his with, with lots of EQing, etc. Like he managed to um, marry the, marry those songs together, so they actually still sound sound like a sound like an album. You know, like a, like they're meant to be together. You know.
0: Yes, which is which,
1: yes. which was quite which was quite a, it was just quite um, an achievement, really. You
0: know. Have you have you sort of, after all this kind of process that you've been doing for the last five years, have you sort of been tempted to start writing new material and thinking about another album?
1: Um, well, I'm, think, I'm thinking more in terms of writing another book because i really enjoyed the writing process. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, there's already stories emerging about the band in, in the last couple of... Days, even but stuff that's um, it's also pretty interesting. And I'm starting to think there might be a sequel, there might be a yeah, you know, a second book.
0: Yes, I mean,
1: like, we're not finished, we're not finished yet, so like, um, anything could happen, probably and, will. You
0: know? And also, I mean, because it's available online, isn't it? You can get it directly to your from yourself. Are there any plans of um. I don't know, having it more accessible for the world market, or is it a case of still sort of coming straight to you?
1: Uh, I gave up on that because I went through, you know, there was publishers. There was music book publishers in America, like Hozak Books, for instance, uh, were interested for a bit. Then I never heard back from them, and um, you know, that sort of those sort of disappointments. I thought after a while, I thought, well, you know, just. I I do things best when I do it myself. It seems like um, so I've ended up um, you know um, just self-publishing it and sort of marketing it myself. And um, you know there's been distributors in Europe that, that have also been interested for a couple of days and then they've dropped off. You know sort of thing. You know. So yes. I mean, i i I mean you know I I, I I'm, I'm really enjoying. Um, hands on approach of um i'm selling i've been selling lots of quite a few copies to record stores here right Cause vinyl's made a bit of a come my made a bit of a comeback so it's very good timing in that respect and it's a really good press, here. it was done by a uh, Dennis, Dennis records down in um in melbourne they they pressed it with a really good quality disc it's like hundred and eighty gram for for vinyl aficionados it's a it's a heavy platter it's like a 180 grand so it's and it's coloured vinyl Yeah. Um, but it's really I um, mean even that myself was a learning curve for me because I do remember clearly that um, back in the early days of collecting records in the late 60s early 70s records vinyl was was more were more solid you know and then they when we got into um, the 70s they become more flexible and flimsy kind of thing and but this is back to old school, um, you know, platters, um, and um, they've got just better fidelity, better fidelity between the grooves when you've got decent system, decent stylus, and so on. You know.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'd I sort of noticed that, and I do remember sort of some of my vinyl was very warped, and you'd have to put some weight on the stylus to keep <laughs> keep it from jumping over the place. So that was always a bit annoying. But yes, so so. On the purchase and on, on the on the book front, so if one' is... we're I mean, but, but getting back
1: getting back to that question though the other, the other book when it comes to writing, i mean um I've got a million songs hanging around like that you know that, that I haven't recorded, but um so that's that that is a possibility down down the track um once we consolidate a new line up which is happening as we speak but um but when it comes to writing books, I mean, my next book's probably going to be about um, my an old dog of mine, actually, and it's called A Dog With Nine Lives. and so that was going to be the first book I was going to write because it's a short book with um, just nine short chapters, which would have been a lot easier to write. But, um, and but, you know, like I, I ended up... Um, I was... How did, another reason why the why I started writing Limelight was because I started putting just tour anecdotes anecdotes of our history up on Facebook and so on and quite a few people were saying, Oh, you you gotta write a book Mickey, you know, got you gotta write a book, this is too good, you know. And eventually I I thought, Well, why not? you know, like it was just but it was the whole thought of it was just too exhaustive at first. I thought, How am I gonna even start? You know, where do I start? and how do I start, you know, like, and so it was a really um, overwhelming, you know, the, the whole thought of, of, of writing one was pretty overwhelming to start with, but once I got into it and got a bit of a system going, it um, it became a lot easier, yes. um, once I had a bit of direction with it, Yeah. You know.
0: Did you, so did you have, um not an editor, but did you have somebody that you were able to sort of show pieces to, to sort of... Say so, yes that's you're going in the right direction or
1: yeah there, there was a yeah there's a few people i randomly um run it by you know tap sitting there and just got a um bit of feedback that um yeah' you know, getting good feedback and you know um one of them is one of them's over in london p j quinton and you might know p j who used to run a venue venue over there and i have been I ran a whole lot of chapters by him in the early stages and he really liked it. And um, I got encouragement from people like that, you know.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you got a designer to sort of bring it all together.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine, Mick Reese, he, um, he's been my right-hand man with um, artwork for a couple of years now when it comes to any band. Graphics and so on, and and there's good story, good little story there because how that came about was um, when I was um, posting over the course of writing my book, I, I you know I I occasionally put a post up about the how it was progressing and you know just garnering interest as I went, sort of thing, you know, like and at one point back in about what 2018, there about some. Um, he he answered one of my posts saying I'm a graphic artist and I've really been interested in, in designing a cover, you know. And uh, I hadn't even thought about that at that stage. And I I just got back to him and and um, the, the really nice thing about that is he offered to do it for nothing um, as a to, as a repayment for all the good time he'd had with the band, seeing the band, you know, like a, as a as a gesture of um, Will for all the good times He uh, he had seen the spiders. so I just thought that was one lovely and um you know I just from that point on he's become a my my guy with with um artwork it's just fantastic he did it he did everything he did the whole everything to do with the design and layout and typesetting and so on, so it's a good looking book apart from anything else um regardless of the writing and the content. It's actually it's a good, it's a good look. Yeah, it's got a good cover and um, yeah, the insert's really good and it's good layout and yeah. Um,
0: do you do you feel yeah, like so with, with, all, with with yeah. this book and and sort of satisfying uh, with this this book the band. Do you, have you ever felt a little bit annoyed that the book, the band doesn't sometimes get the appreciation and love as you would sometimes wish, but now with certain, you know, like with this publication and the passing of time and people listen to the music a bit more, do you sort of feel like this might kind of give it a little bit more um, appreciation, so to speak? Oh, well,
1: that, that, that's already happening. There's certainly um, rekindled, a lot, rekindled a lot of interest in the band, um. With uh, the promotion I'm putting out for the book and so on, um, was getting out about it, and um, we're doing some shows. We've got some shows coming out to promote it. We're doing doing a show up here in Brisbane, and we're doing we're playing um, Adelaide and Perth. We're just doing a little tour down there. Um, the next year we'll get down to Sydney and Melbourne, and um, pick our venues carefully. But you know, um, we'll get we'll, we'll eventually get around the circuit and. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's um, obviously more possible now because COVID's not as bad as it was. Um, so you can... You know, it's, it's feasible to actually get out there and tour. Um, so, yeah, the book's certainly a great thing to promote and, um, you know, there's not, probably nothing better to promote a, you know, than a, than, than a definitive story about the band.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it also provides... People who are going to get a vague handle on the band, you know which um the yeah, average person's got no idea <laughs> basically um unless you're a real fan and you're into that sort of music um you know the for people who have sort of had half a the half interested sort of thing, well they can grab the book and have a have a read and um and enjoy the read and and go from there, you know like if, it can only rekindle
0: interest in the band, you know. Yes, no, I would imagine. And I think you're, um, I did notice in a sort of rather, no, I don't know, it's not lazy, but I did notice, you, you you do have a lot of monthly listeners on Spotify, so obviously it's, it's still kind of, um, people are still discovering. I would imagine you get oh, a lot of new people discovering the band. Don't
1: talk to
0: me. Don't no, don't I know, that would that, that's thought. the one thing that one should never mention in the <laughs> yeah. I'll I mean, I, I tell
1: you why I like, get this right the other day, um, At my local club, um, well, you know, my, my local watering hole sort of thing. And there's a barman there that I've got to know. And, um, I was wearing my long Spotters t-shirt and we were talking about one of the few times I was actually wearing it because I did a book signing at a record store down in Brisbane on Saturday. So I was wearing it and he, we were talking about this big festival, this big concert that was happening across the water. Um, and, um. I said, oh, I just have, I said, well, my band should be playing at it, you know, he goes, what's your band? I said, well, oh, this band, and pointed to my shirt, he goes, oh, well, I said, you probably never heard of this, he goes, oh, are you, yeah, yeah, so his question was, oh, are you on Spotify? It's like, like, that's the base of one of these days, like, <laughs> like I just find that really, oh, um, uh, you know, it's just pathetic, really, That, that that's how people think, you know, like, yeah which is another good thing about having the book out because it 's far more than searching for a band randomly on one of those streaming channels you know
0: yes, absolutely, and how did it feel because obviously with any with life we all sort of look back and sort of lots of friendships, relationships, things went up and down, going through you know all the different line ups and sort of remembering all the different you know musicians you played with how did you did you sort of have a re-appreciation or did you sort of feel a little bit differently about some of the different periods of the band because I say that because sometimes you know you can remember how a friendship ended but more than the friendship started so that's never a really good way to remember someone did you sort of have little moments ah. where you thought you know oh actually we did have some good times yes it did end badly
1: <laughs> to be honest I learned a lot <laughs> I, was quite, I was quite happy to see the back of the, a lot of the players I've been with over the years and move on. You know, like um, I put up with, you know, I, I, I yeah, you know, to be honest, I put up with, um, you know, too much, um, too much rubbish for too for too long. With the core lineup we had for many years, and we called it ours and ruled the world. I wasn't given the respect that I deserved by those guys. At any point, really, um, even when I start, well, even when I took over management, nothing really changed, and um, and so I just uh, that 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 was wearing away my self esteem. You know, I, I probably wasn't aware of it, but it was like an insidious thing. That was like um, they have their end jokes and so on, and I'd I'd be lucky if I ever got a thank you for my efforts, et cetera. And like it was just. Um, eating away at my self-esteem really and uh, eventually you know, I crumbled and I went to pieces and I you know, became, well, I was a bunch of, you know, there's um, a succession of um, health issues that are, that, that, that happened um, in, the, you know, what, five or six years ago starting with a near-death bashing which, um, you know, um, I, you know, part, part of the, one of the good parts about writing the book was because I, I suffered a brain injury from this from this assault that I had back in two thousand and fourteen pretty vicious assault and um, i was in a coma for three days and um you know like i um i suffered a um traumatic well you know an acquired brain injury from it you know um so for a couple, it took me a while to recover from that to get my just to get my cognitive side back and, um, you know, optimum, you know, to its optimum level. And writing the book actually was really therapeutic in that respect because it triggered all those memories and the actual actual writing itself and using my brain a lot um, really helped um, because that was perfect for, when you got a brain injury, it was with a thing called neuroplasticity, where um, uh, the the brain is such a big um, a, a big organ, that there's a lot of so much of it's unused that it can find um, tracks around the damage and the injury, and um, so I'm sure that's what's happened to me over time, over those years of writing the book. I'm sure it was actually really. Um, it's almost like I got a new brain now. I think you know, like uh, from writing the book. You know, I, I just think that's a, that was a really good backstory. You know.
0: Yes, my God, that is that was the most hideous event you probably ever experienced, wasn't it? Your horrendous beating. That was not good, was it? Jesus.
1: Yeah, well, I, t- I touched on it. There's a, it, there's a I, mean, I didn't dwell on very many negative things in the book. I kept it as positive as possible, but. I, there's a chapter called Dark Days where I mentioned that period where that happened and the following year I got diagnosed with prostate cancer and, you know, like, um, then I, you know, as a result, I sort of went into a chronic depression and, um, you know, just hit below rock bottom kind of thing. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago, it was like 2015. So in that, so I gradually... Um, it's been a long haul back to sort of happiness and um, you know, happiness and in you know being ha, having ha, being a lot fitter mentally and physically than I was back then and um, it's taken a fair bit of work you know just you know, just gradually just um, moving to where I was a lovely place I'm I'm, li- I'm living in and. That's all sort of mentioned in the, in, in, that, in, in, the, in the story, you know like because um, it was pretty um yeah it's a good backstory you know like it's it's really it's a really good survival story, you know
0: yes, I mean, did you feel before that horrendous little moment in life, did you sort of somehow look re- reflecting back on that now that somehow something it wasn't a great experience, obviously horrendous. But did you also do you also feel like sometimes things ha- like have to hit a bottom for a change to happen? Did you feel like if that didn't happen, then you know life would have just continued in a path that was probably not going to be very good?
1: Um, I, I certainly think that it um, was a blessing in a big disguise, if that's what you mean. Like um, because. I do feel a different person these days. I feel like I've learned a lot from that and I'm um, writing the book and moving forward and just becoming a lot more positive and appreciating life more, I guess, when you've reached that point and you survive and you get through it all um, and you're happy again. You're sort of happier than ever, really, because you you don't take things for so granted. You know, you just um, you hear this sort of story a lot from people that have been, you know, that have survived those sort of traumas and things, um, and it's very true. It's just like you just really start to appreciate every day more, you know. And um, you know, um, I'm, you know, just so happy to be alive and be, you know, really productive with the band again, doing the doing what I love most, you know.
0: Yes, but yes, because I did. I, just, I remember once hearing someone say. A ch- a p- I don't know, swap your expectations for appreciation, then your life will feel like a miracle, which I know is a bit, you know, soppy, but actually that's like, oh, actually it's quite a nice thing because in a way... It that's kind of
1: actually, um, that, 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 that's a good summary of what I just said, actually. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know. Um, because you can spend, there's a lot of people, while well, you spend a lot of time striving for whatever and... um maybe even striving for the wrong things and just um, maybe a bit sort of not having a, any real direction and so on and um, I think if nothing else this has given me um, I don't know it's, it, I've always obviously been, the fact that the band still exists is is um, t- and testimony to my powers of resilience and perseverance and that's And getting getting through that, um, trauma was definitely, um, I got my old self back, you know, I got my spirit back. And it took a long, took a a few years to gradually get it back. But just little increments that that I was doing for myself, you know, just to gradually improve my self-esteem and so on. And, um, I'm just really proud and happy that I I, I did that, you know, and, um, you know it's sort of, um it's a very personal thing and i'm just so so satisfied that I finished writing the book and I've got it out there and it's it, and it's you know it's it's something it's a it's a, something I'm very proud of and um you know getting good feedback about about it you know and people are enjoying the book and um you know um you know that's more that's you know it's 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 actually Selling better than I thought it would. Excellent. You know, so I've gone. I've almost gone through the first, the first um, print of um 300 copies, and um I'm probably going to am going to get a reprint done
0: soon. You know. That is fantastic. So if people want to buy it, do is it best to go to your is it Facebook page, Lime Spiders Facebook, or is there any other?
1: Yeah. Or well, probably the easiest way would be to, to go to my email address. Um, and then I can give people just the, the PayPal details I've had. Well, the PayPal details are the same as my email address, actually. So either or...
0: yes, just
1: go to Quoptman five uh, at gmail dot com. So, clotman M A N five at gmail dot com is my is the PayPal address. And um, but. I don't want to disclose the, you know, the cost of it and so on uh, in this forum. So yeah, sure. People just you just, you just email me that um, email me to that address and off you go. Hotmanfive at gmail dot com and um, I'll give people the details on how to purchase the book and the record
0: and the record. I know you. And I'm also
1: have... selling. I'm I'm selling. Um, I'm selling a package of both for. Um, seventy dollars Australian, um which is actually going well. i I'm got rid of a I saw a, I sent quite a few copies today actually, like um was, you know, just a package of the book and the album. Excellent. And um you know, that's I've sent copies today to places all over the world actually. <laughs> and uh, that, that, that that's one of the that's one of the interesting things about um doing it yourself is that um I mean, it's, um, you really get to know your fan base and where, the, where they are, and, um, you know, it's really interesting, you know, like uh, what territories of the world, how many territories in the, in the world are fans of the band, you know? Yes. What's the most? most certainly had a big reach out there over the years, and, um, you know, it's just, um, you know, America and Europe and, um, you know... Um, well, the Scandinavian countries, but also France and Germany, you know?
0: Oh, yes, of course. And the most unusual country or the most unexpected country you've you've posted to? Uh, <laughs>
1: um, uh, uh, I think I sent one to Iceland.
0: Right, nice.
1: Um, but, I mean, when, when you get royalty statements, that's when they... <laughs> And they get these detailed royalty savings of um, of streaming services and so on, like um, twenty cents here, twenty cents there, whatever you know. They think you don't get much for streaming. Um, you get some pretty uh, obscure companies come up on those lists.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. Well, look, this has been fantastic. I'm so pleased that you've managed to get this book out because you know it's just a, an amazing thing. And also, you know, after your horrendous accidents and all the illness in. The mid, uh, yeah, two hundred and 15 last decade was not good at all. So I'm just so pleased. But look, this has been fantastic. Thank you ever so much it, for giving it, me your it, time. It,
1: it's, a, it's a good, it, it's a good, good story, really, like um, everything about it, the, band, the, the way the band, how the band evolved from humble beginnings to, you know, being a, you know, um, gaining a lot of respect on the world stage and then. You know, um, surviving what's happened in recent years and and kicking on with it, you know. So it's all. um, I like to think. Well, as much as possible, it's a it's a positive read. You know, it's. I like to think that it's. Um, even if you're not into music, it's actually a a book that could um, give people, you know, lift people's spirits if they're if they're on a bit of a downer. You know, like to show that even someone like myself. can um can get there
0: you know yes absolutely no i mean uh, there was i mean it's like i mentioned it's not the easiest easiest of careers paths i mean i know it's there were probably our worst jobs but actually there are some things that come with the world of being in a band and well
1: i guess well for, well for me it wasn't it wasn't uh I guess it wasn't um <laughs> I can go to the job centre to choose that one. It was something I was born with. That 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 um, the music um, side of things. I mean, as I mentioned in the um, first chapter, early in the first chapter, I mean, um, I was born with the singing genes. I mean, both my my dad, my dad was a tenor, um, and both my older brothers were singers in in bands. So it's been a male trait in our family, which is, um, you know. One of the first interesting bits of trivia in the in the book, um, and this book's not, got no shortage of um, no shortage of of that sort of trivia. You know, a lot of things that people wouldn't wouldn't have known about. You know.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yes, it's fantastic. Well, look, thank you ever so much for this. This has been amazing. And um, look, best of luck. Yeah, and I will, you, mate. Thank and you. I'll keep in touch. But I'll, I can also send you the link if you want to put it on your facebook page as well so um at this... I said,
1: yeah i'd love to dave yeah
0: yeah no problem look
1: Appreciate take... it. Um, it's always it's... nice talking to
0: you yeah well look take care and look all the best for the future i hope it goes really well with this book and, <laughs> and album take care
1: well, who knows you might even get out you might even get over to england one day again
0: <laughs> hopefully yes did you ever play you must yeah you played england a lot didn't you actually so um... uh, we
1: played twice we toured um We toured there a couple of times. Um, uh, 87, when we did a European tour. Oh, sorry, 88. 88, we did a European tour, which centered around the Roskilde Festival. We played Boss which was probably the biggest team we ever played. And um, we built a... We started in London on that tour. And um, then again in 1990, we went back... Right, promoting our third album, But Fist, we um, did a little showcase tour, a little two-week tour with Dred Zeppelin, actually. Um, we did five shows in over in Britain, so
0: yes.
1: and a couple of our own shows in London. So, yeah, been there a couple of times, and it was, um, it was fantastic playing over there, a whole different um, atmosphere, really.
0: Yes, absolutely. I know. I love
1: I loved, I love I love playing in Europe. It was just, um, it just felt very really different. You know, band are treated a lot better over there. <laughs> um, you
0: know, yeah. I like just
1: shoved into a hole in the wall and I um, shut the door. That with the best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, look, I'll let you groove on. But thanks again for this. It's really appreciate it. And take care okay. of yourself. Okay. Cheers. All right. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye. And that was me in conversation with the one and only Mick Blood, lead vocalist and main man of The Lime Spiders, talking about his life in music. But most importantly, well, one of them, um, is the book that has just come out called Limelight, The definitive story of the Lime Spiders. For more information, if you go to their Facebook or his Facebook page, the Lime Spiders, you'll find out more information of how you can get a copy. But anyway, a massive thank you. This is um, David Eastall, The C86 Show. If you want to contact me, you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just do C86 Show. Also, these have all been archived. Aren't you lucky? You can find those on Spotify, iTunes, Podbeam. It's true. Anyway, have a great week and stay safe.